This episode is sponsored by TBR, Book Riot's new subscription service offering tailored book recommendations for readers of all stripes. Been dreaming of a stitch fix for books? Now it's here. Tell TBR about your reading preferences and what you're looking for and sit back while your bibliologist handpicks recommendations just for you. TBR offers plans to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email, so there's an option for every budget. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. That's mytbr.co. All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 181, and today we are talking about books being released on October 23rd, 2018, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Maria Christina Garcia Lynch, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Welcome back! Thank you! It's good to be here. Yeah, I feel like we haven't talked in a really long time, but things get moved around, people go on vacation... We're constantly like shuffling us around. Yeah, but but you are the constant. You are you are the all the books rock, Liberty. So <laughs> I am nice the common denominator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it was a good weekend. It was super nice here in Maine, and we had the Dewey's Readathon. I say we, like it's a, it's not a book ride thing, but it's a a book Instagram sort of community thing, just book community thing, where you try to read for as many of the 24 hours as you can. Yeah. It was lots of fun. I sat and read books. I looked out my window. My boyfriend was taking a hatchet to a bunch of pumpkins in the backyard. I was like, this is fine. As long as he stays outside and doesn't bother me while I'm reading. (laughs) Not really sure what he's doing, but it's fine. It turns out he was mulching them for his garden that he's making. I didn't know you could do that with pumpkins. He pretty much puts everything in the garden. Uh, Somebody had smashed a whole bunch of pumpkins in town, so they were getting thrown out, and so he brought them home, and the squirrels had a field day. They were like, yeah, pumpkins! (laughs) Like, we're always trying to get into one of these things. (laughs) Okay, so so it wasn't vandalism so much as it was helping some squirrels out. Right, yeah. It was vandalism on someone else's part, which he then, in turn, made into mulch or... You know, I guess compost? Compost is probably the word that I want, really. <laughs> Mulch is like bark and stuff, right? I don't know. We're going to go have outside. so many people, like, writing in, being all pedantic about the difference between <laughs> mulch and compost. So yeah. that's something to look forward to. Speaking of looking forward to, let's see what I did there. <laughs> I have been waiting to talk about this book forever. Forever. Would you like to hear about it? I would. It's so good. It's a great, big, fabulous book, but the title is Little. It's by Edward Carey, and it's just, oh, just, I don't know how I'm going to be able to handle talking about this. I love it so much. I love Edward Carey and all he does. So very excited about this. Uh, It's the story of Madame Tussaud, who is famous for making wax figures. You've probably visited one of her museums somewhere. They make those life... I say she, like she's still alive. She she could be. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe she herself was made out of wax. But you go and you look at, like, these famous people made in wax. And it's very lifelike and realistic and creepy and awesome. Uh, This is the story of her, starting when she is indeed little. She's growing up in Switzerland... Uh, Her father has passed away. She's living with her mother. They get a job uh, working for a doctor who is a little eccentric. And by little, I mean a lot. He likes to make wax 
sculptures of body parts. He has, like, a whole room. Like, they get to his house and they're like, um, room full of body parts. But it turns out they're all made out of wax. And he's just fascinated by the human body. Not so good with real people himself, but he loves to make wax figures. And unfortunately, shortly after they arrive, her mother passes away. So now she's sort of taken under the doctor's wing and on top of like helping out with the chores and being the housekeeper and the cook, she learns all about making these wax figures. You know, he teaches her everything that he knows. And it's so fascinating. I just kept thinking about all the research that he must have done to learn about the different tools and the different, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh my God, I've lost all my words. Um, <laughs> the different styles and procedures and anyway. Techniques. Let's, let's move. Thank Techniques. you. That's the word Techniques. I was looking for. I don't know. <laughs> I don't say words with Q in them, apparently. Um, so moving on. So, like, they're making these things, and they become very skilled, and eventually they end up in Versailles, uh, where they open a, a place with this woman and her son making sculptures, and they become pretty well-known, because they're really good at making these wax heads, and the, they make them of famous people at the time, you know? So, like, the, um, the local writers and, and royalty and, and all the stuff, and eventually Princess Elizabeth comes, and she's so impressed with the things that Marie can do, she invites her to come be her sculpture tutor at the castle, and her fame grows, and her talent grows, and at the same time, while they're making wax heads, the people in France are really, really into taking real heads from people because now it is the French Revolution and it's sort of about how she survived that and also about, like, status. You know, she's a peasant girl, so, like, according to, you know, status because she grew up, you know, as a servant. So she's, no matter what she does, she still can't kind of shake that, you know, image in people's minds, especially people who are close to her. Um, and it's just, like, how she became who she is. But the thing that's amazing about this book is that it's also filled with Edward Carey's pencil drawings. He is an amazing, Ooh. amazing illustrator. And he does these incredible black and white drawings of, you know, little body parts and wax figures and the tools that they use and the places that they are and the people in the book. And it's fantastic. So it's, like, I'm trying to think, like, how best to describe it. It's kind of like... This is going to make no sense. It's kind of like if... Charles Dickens wrote episodes of Pushing Daisies set during the French Revolution. Oh. Or if Tim Burton wrote A Tale of Two Cities. It's just amazing. And like Wax Figures, the book is strange and it's macabre and it's so wonderful. And I'm really interested in Edward Carey's fascination with objects because he also wrote the Ironmonger trilogy, which is a, a kid's uh, trilogy that I love, 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 love all about objects and a family of people who who run the trash heaps and they collect objects and he sort of anthropomorphizes them and it's it's so good so like again in this book he's all the characters are really fascinated with specific things and tools and all the stuff so and I will get to ask him this because I'm going to interview him in a couple weeks uh at a bookstore so very oh, excited fun. to find out the answers to this but I'm gonna stop talking about it now <laughs> and, and go, go study some more words with Q in them I was like, and that is called Little, and it's by Edward Carey. <laughs> that is one of the books on my TBR list, and you just moved it up several spots because Yay. that was an excellent pitch for it. Thank you. Uh, my first pick this week is Marilla of Green Gables by Sarah McCoy. And uh, as you can tell from the title, this is about... Marilla Cuthbert from the Anne of Green Gables series by L.M. Montgomery. So this is about Marilla 
when when she was about Anne's age when Anne arrived at Green Gables. And it takes us through Marilla's girlhood and youth. And it it made me think about how there are women whom you've only ever known as middle-aged or older, and your fondness for them can be infinite, but it can't furnish a complete picture of who they were as a girl. And yeah, our, our culture's obsession with youth is totally unhealthy, but you don't even want to replace the woman you know now with the girl she was then. You just realize that she's lived a large portion of her life already and been this whole other person that you don't have access to. And this book is is like realizing that there's that gap in your knowledge of of this beloved woman and and wishing all of a sudden to know more about her, to know her back when and that wish is granted before your penny even hits the water in the well. It's, it's, I just, I didn't realize that I wanted more about Marilla as a young woman. And, and this book does such a great job of, of showing her as a girl, but she is still very much recognizable as the person who grows up into the the woman who who helps raise Anne Shirley and other characters from the Ella Montgomery series make appearances of course because it, it is set in Avonlea um so you've got you've got Matthew Cuthbert as a young man and you get to to it, it definitely spends a lot of time on the the romance that there was between Marilla and Gilbert's father, John Blythe, which is is just barely, barely hinted at. It's just glossed over in the Ella Montgomery books, but their their courtship is a huge part of of this book. And and I I gotta say it got got me a little whoo there is there is some okay so like here here is probably the the mildest description of of Mr. John Blythe when he was a young man his sleeves were cuffed neatly to the elbow revealing muscular forearms already tanned from hours of spring sewing and wow that just it's <laughs> I don't know um <laughs> that that was a pretty picture for me um so I and in general like abstractly speaking I'm not so into prequels and sequels and other books set in the world of a classic novel but not written by the original author like in theory I have the gut reaction that well enough ought to be left alone but in practice that's all nonsense and you should pick up Marilla of Green Gables by Sarah McCoy. Fantastic. Yay. Sarah McCoy is the best. She's just the nicest. So yeah, I'm super I've, excited for her. I've been excited about this book ever since we, we did uh, the cover reveal. And I was just like, ooh. So this is the week. It's out finally. Before I reveal my next pick, I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors. It is Me and Me by Alice Capers from KCP Loft. Two parallel storylines play out the consequences of each of Lark's choices a la sliding doors. Lark's on a dream date with Alec. Blue skies, clear water, a canoe on the lake. Everything is perfect until they hear screams. 
Annabelle, a little girl Lark used to babysit, is struggling in the reeds. When Lark and Alec dive to help her, Alec hits his head on a rock. Now Annabelle and Alec are both in trouble, and Lark can only save one of them. Suddenly, Lark's world is torn in two, leaving her to cope with the consequences of two choices. She lives two lives, two selves. But which is the right life? Ooh. <laughs> it says here, Alice Kuypers is the award-winning best-selling, is, is an award-winning best-selling author. And it also says here that if you love literary couples, you should know that her husband is writer Jan Martel of Life of Pi fame. What? Super couple. Yeah. I love literary couples. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just like so exciting to think about like two writers in one space as opposed to one. I don't know. Makes me so happy. It anyway, must be really great to just be like, hi, I need to be left alone right now. And the other person's <laughs> just like, cool, me too. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, so that is Me and Me by Alice Kuypers, out now from KCP Loft, wherever books are sold. We will have a link to it in the show notes. My next book, whew, my goodness, I want to put this in everyone's hands. It is Friday Black, stories by Nana Kwame Ajay Brenya. He is one of the 535 honorees this year of the National Book Awards. Uh, and these stories burn so hot and strong, you will singe your eyebrows. They are so <laughs> Good, so good, and so important. And he comes out swinging. The first story is about the trial of a white man who has... Ooh, so cover your kids' ears. It's the story <laughs> of a white man who has killed five black children at a library with a chainsaw because Ooh. he felt threatened by them. And, ah. it's, and it's sort of like how the country is like, well, you know, he felt threatened, and it, oh. it's just sort of like this satire about you know, um, what is happening in the country and this, the character who is dealing with all of this, the main character of the story is like processing all this and how he feels about it and, and how the country is, is reacting to it, you know, and how it's so disheartening how so many people are like, oh, well he was in the right because he felt threatened by these children sitting in the library, you know. Um, there's one about an amusement park that is sort of like a stand your ground amusement park where you can be George Zimmerman. Uh, it's, it's very similar to, like, the White Bear story from Black Mirror. Uh, the title story is this scorching indictment of consumer culture, uh, sort of, it takes place on Black Friday, and how people just sort of kill each other to try and get what they want in the store. Um, uh, wow. Kwame, he actually worked in a store for a long time. I saw him speak a few weeks ago, and he was talking about, like, his retail experience and, and how disheartening that was, and... And how people are like zombies and all that stuff. So this story was really interesting to read, having heard him talk about that. The last story just blew my mind. I had to read it twice. It's sort of like a nuclear Groundhog's Day, where every day they the flash happens, and they have to. But like the next day, the people wake up and they've remembered everything that happened that day. But it's the same day over again, and as the days keep repeating. You know, they accumulate the knowledge of the things that they've done and people just start, you know, losing their minds and just doing terrible things because it's just going to reset. And it's just so chilling, the story. Um, it's one of the most thrilling collections I've read. It's just filled with incredible lessons and about racism and family and justice. But it's just dark and chilling and funny. And again, I think these stories are so important. He's so smart and it just gave me goosebumps reading this book. So again, it is called Friday Black Stories by Nana Kwame Ajay Brenya. 
that is some like real contemporary intense stuff. Wow. It really is. Yeah. Whew. Okay. Well, if you pick that up and you need something just <laughs> a little lighter to to cleanse the palate, um, after reading that really important necessary book, I suggest you get Lumberjanes, the Infernal Compass. It is by Lila Sturgis and illustrated by Poulter Inc., which is the professional nom de plume of uh, an Austrian artist um, whose given name I'm not going to try to pronounce. It's Claudia something, but the something I'm probably going to put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. So uh, let's just go with Poulter Inc., which is her pen name. And this is set in the Lumberjanes world. Lumberjanes originally created by um, Shannon Waters, Noelle Stevenson, Brooklyn Allen, and Grace Ellis. It's just a really great series of comic books, but this is the very first standalone graphic novel. So uh, I'm a trade waiter with the Lumberjanes comics. I don't keep up with it week to week. I I wait because there's this, uh, there's this huge deluxe edition that they put out every once in a while hard covers got some extra stuff and so I wait and I buy I buy that deluxe hardcover edition they're coming out with the fifth volume of that next year so I'm I'm a little behind but that's fine I can still read this graphic novel you can too even if you haven't been keeping up week to week with the lumberjanes uh if you are unfamiliar with them the Lumberjanes are a bunch of teen girls at a really fun camp. And it's a camp just for really awesome teen girls like them. And you get to see all of their adventures and they have they have regular camp type things happen to them. You know, they've got counselors who they try to hide their hijinks from sometimes. They are out in nature, but then also there's some really cool, fun, supernatural stuff that these girls run into. And the thing about this book that is super special that I love is that it focuses on two of the campers in particular. There is Mal, uh, and she's the one who's kind of punkish. And there's Molly. And she's the one who who wears what you think is a coon, coonskin cap, like a la Davy Crockett. But it, it actually is just a, a raccoon on her head. Um, and it focuses on the two of them and their budding queer romance. And it's beautiful. The story is is so great and fun and touching. And it will remind you of those first feelings of, of, hey, I think I think I might like this person when you were younger. And, oh, I'm sorry, I mean like, like this person. Um, and the art is really fun, too. It's, it's a little different from your regular Lumberjanes book. Uh, there's, there's a lot more watercolor, which is something that I, I enjoy. Um, and also, Poultering, she's... She's really great at, at doing this thing where her panels have 
delightful background business for characters who may not be speaking at that at the moment. So, you know, be sure that you're not just following the speech bubbles, that you're you're really looking at the whole panel because it it really expands the story of, of what's happening. Um, so that is Lumberjanes, The Infernal Compass by Lila Sturgis and Poulter Inc. Before I tell you about my next book, I just want to let everyone know that there is another Phoebe and her unicorn graphic novel also out today, which is very exciting. Uh, There have been several collections, and then there was one about a winter storm, I think, like the first graphic novel, and this one is about theater camp. So, love Phoebe and her unicorn by Dana Simpson. New one out today. So, moving on with the warm, fuzzy feelings... Uh, one of the books I read for the Dewey's Readathon this weekend. Well, first I want to tell you I read um, the season of Sticks Malone, which Jen talked about last week. The one that starts off with the kids who sell their baby sister for a bag of fireworks. Yeah, and it was as wonderful as she made it sound. It's it's fantastic. Um, and I also read this one, which I had heard great things about, and it's so cute. It's called Sweep, a story of a girl and her monster by Jonathan Oxier. It's a middle grade fantasy novel about orphans and golems and 19th century child labor laws. You know, like regular kids books. That's what they're yeah. all about. Yeah. Uh, it starts off, there's a young girl named Nan. Uh, she is raised by someone called the Sweep. We hear about him in flashbacks. Uh, he's a chimney sweep and he's like a father figure to her. They're best friends. Everywhere he goes, she goes. And he sort of raises her. But when she's six, I think six, he disappears. She wakes up one one night, they sleep on roofs, and she wakes up and he's gone. And all that is there is a lump of char, this little lump of char, and his hat. And he's just, he's gone. And she doesn't know what happens. But she ends up signing a contract and, be, and basically like it's indentured servitude to this very cr- cruel, vicious chimney sweep named Wilkie Crud. And she oh spends my gosh, her- that's such a great name. <laughs> yeah. She spends her days with a group of boys cleaning chimneys for him and sleeping in the coal bin and just living this miserable existence. And one day she gets stuck in a chimney and there's a terrible accident and she doesn't really know what happens. All she knows is she wakes up in this abandoned attic and the little lump of coal that she's carried around with her, the little lump of char, has eyes. And she, she's pretty sure that it's alive. And it goes on as Nan and her little lump of coal uh, spend their days hiding from Wilkie Crud in London. And the coal grows and she gives it a name and she names him Charlie. And he he's sentient and he speaks and he continues to grow. And they're living their own little happy family life in this abandoned mansion. Having a great time. But you can only hide a soot golem for so long. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Before, you know, someone, you know, because he, he's, he just keeps growing and he's getting Ugh. bigger and bigger. Um, and also she's hearing stories about the terrible things that are happening to happening to kids in her profession, you know, kids um, dying, you know, doing this horrible work and no one seems to care and she wants to do something about that and she's trying to figure out a way that, you know, she can work with this golem and, and help people. Um, It's this wondrous story about friendship and family and 19th century child labor laws. um, Actually based on on real laws and and real uh, situations that children used to be in. 
Um, it's really charming and you'll probably shed a tear or two. It's really sweet. So I'm, I'm hoping this one will be made into a movie. I could see it as a movie in my head like the whole time. Maybe like a Pixar film. It was really cute. So Who again, do you it's think called... would uh, voice the, the cool golem? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Hmm. No, I don't have an answer. <laughs> I, I guess, I don't know what he said. Now that you say it, I don't know what he sounded like in my head, but on the cover, the way he sat, he kind of looks like Cookie Monster. Nice. <laughs> so nice. Maybe, maybe something like that. Um, <laughs> so again, it's called Sweep, A Story of a Girl and Her Monster by Jonathan Oxier. And All right. And you please tell us about our next sponsor. Yeah, this one is also kind of fantastical, uh, but also real worldy. This is The Light Between Worlds, and it is by Laura E. Weymouth. And here's here's the, the pitch for it. What happens when you return to the real world after being in a fantastical one like Narnia? This new YA novel explores this question and more in a story walking the line between where fantasy and reality meet. Two sisters lived for years in a magical kingdom called the Woodlands, but when they are abruptly returned to their lives in post-World War II England, one sister is desperate to return to the world they left behind, while the other is determined to move on will each sister find where they belong or will the weight of two worlds pull them under the light between worlds is available wherever books and audiobooks are sold or you can visit epicreads.com for more information there were lots of contributors we were talking about this who are excited about this book because they just felt like like susan in the Narnia books was given short shrift and <laughs> and they they feel like this book will will scratch that itch of hey we want to we want to see a girl who has been to a fantastical world come back and not be just dismissed for liking to wear makeup so I liked it yeah yeah, yeah. it had a little bit of um every heart the doorway every heart is the doorway oh, yeah yeah sort of feel to it too it was good. Yay. All right. Um, I get to tell you about my next pick now, and it is The Traveling Cat Chronicles by Hiro Arikawa, translated from the Japanese by Philip Gabriel. And this is actually a 2015 book. Uh, so the, the rest of the world has has gotten to enjoy it. But now the English-speaking world can read it too because this is a, a new translation. And it's just... Uh, I don't... I, first of all, The Traveling Cat Chronicles. Like, I don't, I don't know if, if you know this about a lot of the people over at Book Riot, but we, we kind of like cats. We, <laughs> we're, we're a little bit, little bit on, the, on the cat people side of things. And... And so right there, that's just a, a title that I'm going to want to read. And then the cover is also just very, this very soothing illustration. And the book itself is darling. It's, um, it's about this, this human and this cat. 
and their chronicles their travels. Um, the human, Satoru, he adopts Nana, the cat, and the book alternates point of view. It switches between this third-person point of view of the humans and then this first-person uh, narration of this this cat. And I love the voice of the cat. It's if, if you have ever had a cat out there, you will recognize this instantly as like, oh, yes, this is, this is peak cat right here. Um, and it's such a relaxing, meditative book for anyone who has ever loved an animal, but also anyone who just wants to slow down a little bit and really observe the world around them. It's, it's just, oh, I, I, I love it. It was a nice, relaxing way to kick back and take a little tour through, through Japan in this little van with this gentleman and this cat. There, I ended my inadvertent rhyming. Um, <laughs> So this is The Traveling Cat Chronicles by Hiro Arikawa, translated by Philip Gabriel. All right. For my last pick today, just want to put this out there real quick. One of my favorite memoirs is now out. There's an illustrated edition coming out today. It's Just Kids by Patti Smith, which won yeah. the National Book Award several years ago for nonfiction. It's such a beautiful memoir, and now it comes with fancy pictures, both in color and black and white. If you haven't read this memoir, I highly recommend picking it up. She's a beautiful writer. It's a beautiful story. It's basically about her time in New York City. When she was very young, she moved to New York City. Uh, she was in a relationship with the photographer Robert Mablethorpe, and it's kind of like this love letter to him, but also this love letter to the city of, of New York back when people went to New York because they had a chance to make it and become famous because you could live in squalor and, <laughs> you know, pay your rent and, like, very very little rent and live with, like, 40 people in one building or, you know, squat somewhere <laughs> and make a living, you know, and work and, and, and be famous. And, you know, now it's like everything is so expensive in New York City. You know, the artists are, are moving, you know, all the time. Um, but this is such a great look back at that time. She was a bookseller at, at the Strand for a while, which is exciting, and she talks about that. And she just loves to read, and you get to see glimpses of all these famous people. And I just, I just love it, and I love her. You know, she's a wonderful musician and an artist and a writer. Uh, so if you have a chance, p please pick it up. It's Just Kids. It's the new illustrated edition, and it's by Patti Smith. Yay! That's a solid pick. Oh, um, so good. Okay, I am gonna bring this episode of All the Books home with Lou, that's L-U, by Jason Reynolds. And this is the, the fourth book in the track series by Jason Reynolds. Um, this is a middle grade series about an elite team of track athletes, track and field athletes, who have come together to compete and really just grow and develop as, as human beings, which is one of the great things that 
that sport does for kids their age, right? So each book is is focused on one of the the four kids who are new to the team this year. So the the first three books they were they were Ghost, they were Patina and Sunny, and this one is Lou, the the fourth kid. And this book focuses on his his he's got this mental block around jumping the hurdles. He had a a little bit he had a little bit of a disastrous time of it and now it's it's something that is is literally tripping him up. So on on one level this book is about him <laughs> getting over uh the hurdles. And also though you get a lot of there's there's just a lot of stuff going on with the adults in this series too that gets wrapped up. The the adults in the series are really well drawn and and all of these things are seen from the point of view of these kids and the Jason Reynolds just really nails the age and the atmosphere and the each each book the the voices of these individual kids are really clear and it's fun to to have read about one of the kids as as the main character the the first person narrator maybe of of one of these books and then see them pop up as as a side character in somebody else's book and and still be totally recognizable and so this this is a really this is a really great book for i think anyone should read these books they're they're fantastic for telling you about kids who may be different from who you are right now of course but also if if there's a middle grader that you know like if if there's a you know a kid in middle school and, and you want them to think you're cool then well, forget it. It's not going to happen. That's a pipe dream and way too much pressure to put on a single series, let alone a book. You are grossly overestimating the power of literature, and that's no easy thing. But if you put this series in the hands of your nearest and dearest middle schooler, none of the parties involved will have any regrets. Not me, not Jason Reynolds, not you, and and not the kid whose eyes in which you will still never be cruel. Man, let it go. Live for yourself. MC out. I'm done. (laughs) I was like, oh, she's like really done. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He is so prolific. I think this is his third book of 2018. It's, 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 oh my gosh. And they're just, they are so skillfully, like, like you, you may think someone that, prolific it might be a little slapdash but it's they're just perfect little capsules of of like I just want to I want to frame every page their poetry it's wonderful yeah if someone's gonna be putting out like a million books a year I want it to be Jason Reynolds yes so what are you gonna read next oh I am so excited to dig into Good Morning, Good Night by Lin-Manuel Miranda, illustrated by Chani Sun. Because, like, the... Okay, Twitter, there, there's some good stuff out there, but mostly it's a huge pile of 
not good stuff. And <laughs> and these two Hot guys, yes. <laughs> and these two guys have have really done a great job of of putting some light in that darkness. And and now with this collection of of Lin Manuel Miranda's tweets illustrated by Johnny Sun, you have analog access to that goodness. You don't actually have to log on to Twitter in order to to get that fix. You can just reach for this book to soothe your soul and it's finally here and that's exciting for me. What are you going to read, Liberty? I just got my hands on a copy of Paperback Crush, the totally radical history of 80s and 90s teen fiction by Gabriel Moss. I love the cover of that book. Because it's perfect for (laughs) this book. You know, like all those books when I was young that were like pastel color borders with girls talking on their phones on their beds. Like and a real hazy kind of yeah. illustrate. It's it's wonderful. And I'm, I'm excited. Mostly because um, a few weeks ago, somebody posted a photo. I remembered I, like I read a lot of books when I was a kid. I sadly really? lost, I lost the the um the logs that I used to keep of the books that I read. So there are occasionally like something will pop up and I'll be like, I think I read that. And there was this one that someone posted a photo of they were like in a used bookstore and they said, This should be our next book club pick. And it was this copy of We Hate Everything But Boys by Linda Lewis, which I definitely read when I was a little kid. It's just <laughs> so ridiculous. And it has this like same kind of cover, like these girls looking at a yearbook and talking on the phone and like laying on this bed that of course has like a white you know, headboard, like railing, headboard, and flowery wallpaper. Like, they all look the same. Um, and I'm also, like, a huge fan. I was in middle school when they rebooted Nancy Drew. Yeah. And they used to have these ridiculous covers, like, the so, so very 80s. And so I'm just, you know, looking forward to just enjoying this. I loved, um, this is Quirk Books, who also did the the Grady Hendrix book about uh, horror covers, which I loved, so. Yeah. I talked a lot about that. Oh, nostalgia. Hmm. Well, that's it for today. Uh, we want to remind you, if you want to check out TBR, go to mytbr.co. That's mytbr.co. Thank you to Me and Me by Alice Capers and The Light Between Worlds by Laura E. Weymouth. You can find a link to them. They are available now wherever books are sold. You can drop us a line about mulch at all the books at bookriot.com. You can find us online at Twitter. I am Miss Liberty. Maria Christina is Meowy Christina. That's M-E-O-W-Y-C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. I feel like I always add an extra letter every time I say that. I don't know. I might. If, if I do, <laughs> email us at all the books at bookriot.com. If you want to give us a treat, you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or review. It helps other book lovers to find us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books as well as find a link to our weekly news, news books, or weekly new books <laughs> newsletter. I'm so done. And in the meantime, happy, happy reading. reading.